Welcome to Simply Christ. This is where we make Jesus our master. We explore the spiritual realm and we find out what spiritual living is really all about, about developing that spiritual fruit, about becoming a real true disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that you are here. Welcome our new subscribers. Just want to, first of all, apologize for being a little bit late putting this out. A lot of things been happening, been very tied up with work, but I'm really trying my best to put these out on a Monday at the at the latest. But again, had to put it out a little bit later this time. Uh, we have not been putting our Friday weekenders out. Uh, I've had to kind of put a pause on those. Things have been happening at work and just a lot of travel. There's some things coming up, and I'm getting ready for a very long trip to to Europe. In fact, I'm going to be doing some work in Europe, and I'm going to be providing some podcasts and our videos as well in different spots in Europe that are going to be conducive to the things that we are talking about on these on these channels, on these podcasts, as well as our videos. So I'm really going to encourage you to check out our videos as well, because we're going to be going through different parts of France, and I'm looking for places that will be good places to use as a setting to talk about the spiritual life. I really find these things very, very deep for me, and I hope it's something you'll be able to use as well. So let's talk about today the continuation of what we talked about in our last podcast about discipleship. But before we do that, there was a suggestion on my YouTube channel from an individual who asked me to start doing something that I've always done in the past before I do these podcasts or these videos, but I don't do them with you, and that is pray. So I want to thank you so much for bringing that out. I think the person's name is Josephus Design. If I missed, if I made a mistake in mispronouncing your the name of the YouTube channel that you have, please I, I apologize. But Josepha or Josephus Designs, I want to thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. And we need to do that. It is such great advice, and I'm sorry for not doing this with you before, and that's pray. So let's start off each one of our podcasts now with a prayer. And this is my prayer that I want to start off with you today. And that is, God, I thank you so much that you have people that you bring into our lives that correct us and give us advice and help shape us because, God, we're all in this together and learning how to become like you. So thank you for the subscribers that we have. I thank you for their desire to want to know more about you. Uh, God, I ask that you bless them. And Father, I ask that you use the words I say that, first of all, you give me the right insights. You give me the words that I need to say. They're not from my thinking, but from your thinking. Father, may not my ego or myself come into anything that would prevent your words from coming out. May these words that I say be of, of, of useful and of truth for you. Always in your name, Jesus. Everything we say and we do is always in your name. Discipleship. Last week, we looked at a passage in Luke, and I think I gave you the wrong passage. It's actually it was in Luke. I said Luke 8, I believe it was. Uh, I was wrong, and if I, am, if I did, I apologize for that. But uh, my YouTube channel, I made that change and made the, the correction on it. And we talked about looking at Jesus and talking about the costs of discipleship and that there's a cost. Today, we're going to talk about the seriousness of discipleship. We're going to be doing a podcast later on about how discipleship really works and what it's about and its history, not so much a history lesson, but 
understanding of how serious discipleship is and how much it was a major, major factor in the spiritual life of people growing up in Jesus's time and even before that. And in our Western society, our idea of discipleship is is quite lame. We really don't have an idea of discipleship because our society is not dis- built around that. It's not structured around that. But it is very much so in places, again, in the Middle East, places in in India, places throughout Asia, the idea of having a guru or a teacher. That's all guru means. So if you hear the word guru, don't don't panic. Guru just means teacher. On a side note, let me just chase this rabbit. I think you'd find this interesting. Uh, I remember one time I was in Nepal and I was giving a talk and I said the word teacher, and my interpreter next to me said whatever it was in Nepalese, and he said guru. And I stopped, and I looked at him like, what? And he looked at me. He said, what? <laughs> we kind of looked like each other's puzzled look. And I said, you said guru. And he goes, yeah, guru. And I said, well, what does that mean? Because a red flag went off, right? He said, guru means teacher. That's the word. I'm like, oh, wow. Boy, I tell you what, that was a moment of enlightenment for me. It's like, Wow. Here I had these preconceived notions, and these preconceived notions were wrong. I was making a judgment call on something that was wrong. Oh, I learned so much from that, and it helped shape my view of what discipleship truly is. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's jump into the lesson today. Luke chapter 9, we are going to be in verse 54, reading from the Aramaic Scriptures. Let me set the stage here. The disciples are going with Jesus, and they're going through uh, Samaria. And the Samaritans are not interested in hearing anything Jesus has to say. So, you know, a lot of disciples are mad. Then in verse 54, and James and John, his disciples saw it. They said unto him, our Lord, do you desire that we should speak and should have fire descend from the heavens and consume them like Elijah also did? And he turned around and rebuked them and said, you don't realize of which spirit you are. For the son of man didn't come to destroy souls, but rather to make them live. And they departed into another village. <laughs> so how, here you have these disciples who are following Jesus, and they're being picked. And they've been picked. They're they're going through this this disciplining, the shaping of their being, their soul, their spirit. They're being disciplined and shaped. And here they are wanting to call down fire like Elijah did. They thought they were doing what was great. They had this attitude of, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out type of attitude. And Jesus says, you don't know what kind of spirit you are. Now, those are strong words. You do not realize of which spirit you are. He's telling them, you guys are not understanding, but you're following a spirit that is not the type of spirit that you need to be following. (laughs) So, here you have these disciples who think they're being disciplined correctly and being shaped by Jesus in the way it's supposed to be, but they're following not the right spirit, which leads me to believe and to think from this scripture, and I think Jesus is making it very clear, every single one of us is being shaped by a spirit. We are being shaped by some being. We are living in a spiritual plane. Whether we are living in the spiritual plane we want to live in or not is beside the point. The point is, we are all living in a spiritual frame or a spiritual plane, and we are having our spiritual view, our spirit, shaped by a spirit in and of itself. There are no fence riders. There's not like a group of people that are being shaped by the spirit of God, and others that are shaped by the spirit of Satan or the spirit of the evil one, the dark forces, and then there's this big mass or flow of people that are just kind of 
ping-ponging, ping-ponging back and forth or bouncing around like a pinball in a pinball machine into whatever is going on. No, we are all being shaped by some type of a spirit, and Jesus makes it very clear. And that leads us into the next verse in verse 57. And this verse is critical because in, in order to understand all these of what takes place next, we have to understand that Jesus was setting the stage of discipleship. Again, we're going to be talking about discipleship in another podcast, breaking it down more into it. But let's just, for the sake of this one here, give a very brief rundown of what discipleship is and was in Jesus' time. It was very common to have disciples. And of those of you listeners who are in the East, for instance, India, Nepal, Bhutan, all those different areas, you understand very well the concept of a disciple and a teacher or a guru. You understand the idea that there is somebody who is a living teacher, a living master, teaching you, the or teaching them rather, the idea of their belief systems. You are disciplined. You're being a disciple and you follow what this master or this teacher is doing. We don't have that concept here in the United States. The closest we come to in the West, anywhere in the West, is maybe a favorite teacher or a favorite pastor or somebody we hear on TV or see or hear on the radio and and a podcast or whatever. And we say, oh, wow, this, and that's it. But is that person really our master? Are we being shaped by this individual? And what I mean by master, I'm not the true master, but they're, they're not shaping us in any way, shape, or form. No, there are people that are teachers. We are called to have teachers. In fact, James says, those of you who want to become teachers, Paul himself was a teacher to Timothy. And Paul tells, you know, Timothy, there's not many fathers out there about guides. It's a guide is what it is, a living guide, a person who's alive to take you to these teachings. Back then, it was very common for these individuals to have a teacher. And here comes the master Jesus himself, the ultimate master, teaching them, wanting to teach them, but they do not have an idea of what it really means. John, John the Baptist had his disciples, right? And then they turned around and followed Jesus. And that discipleship was very serious business. So let's look in verse 57. And while they were going on the road, someone said unto him, I will come after you into the place that you go, my Lord. Yeshua said unto him, foxes have holes in the fowl of the heavens, but... The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So here you have an individual. Number one, what does he want to do? I'll go after you into the place that you go, my Lord. So very flippant. It's not about being flippant. It's about understanding the seriousness and the the level of commitment you're making. You're making a very strong level of commitment here. That means you're being willing to give up everything. All your desires now are being shifted and now focused into the desires of Jesus, into the desire of the, of the spiritual realm. What are Jesus' desires? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Jesus did not put his desires in houses and cars and jobs. He didn't even have a place to lay his head. I mean, Jesus is making it very clear. Foxes have holes in the fowl of the heavens, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, this entire world belongs to me, but I don't have even a place just to lay my head. Nothing nothing here is of hold of me. And as followers of Jesus' disciples, do we have that mindset? Or do we have the mindset that many teachers have that, hey, give me as much money as I possibly can because God wants you to be as rich as you can. God doesn't want you to be as rich as what you want to be. He wants to provide you with what you need based on your ability to handle what is given to you. 
God may not give you everything that you want. I don't want God to give me everything I want because I promise you there are a lot of things in my life that I do not need to have because they would be a detriment to me. They would be wrong for me to have these things. They would be very harmful to me. They would be, they would be a detriment to my spiritual development. God is not in the, you know, I remember one time I was in a church and the guy said, the, uh, the teacher in, the, in this church is very, very large church and it was a, a classroom time. He said, God is like the owner of a candy store and he wants to give candy to all the kids who comes by. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I raised my hand and blurted it out, and I should not have done this, because, but I did it not out of meanness, but out of, but I have a question here. And I said, well, what if I'm a diabetic? A lot of us are diabetics in the sense that we can't handle these physical things. They're killing us. We're inhaling, we're consuming these things in the material world, but they're, they're killing our bodies. They're killing our, our spirits. This is not what Christianity is. We should have the desires of what our Father wants. If our Father, if Jesus doesn't have a place to lay his head, we have to develop the attitude of, hey, I'm willing to accept that too. Are we willing to accept that? Another person Jesus runs across to in verse 59, and he said to another, come after me. But he said unto him, my Lord, allow me to first to go and bury my father. Yeshua said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, and you go proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, it would sound kind of rough that Jesus would say something to this man, wouldn't it? Here, his poor dad just died. He's not even going to let him go to the funeral. That's not what's happening here. In the vernacular, in the language of the people of Jesus' day, when you said you were going to go bury your father, it doesn't mean that your father was on his deathbed and about to die or has died. It just means your father was getting elderly and you needed to go take care of his estate. And let me get my father to the point, you know, where... All his things are taken care of, and let me join you once my father has passed on. That's what he's saying. Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. He's telling him, quit focusing on things that are dying of its nature. Leave those things of the dead to the dead. Follow the spiritual, the living realm. Follow in that realm. Follow the living. That's where true life is. It's in following the living. Verse 61, he said unto another, I come after you, my Lord, but first let me go say goodbye to my sons and I will come. Eugeus said to him, no one places his hand on the handle of a plow and looks backwards and is useful to the kingdom of God. This individual here, yeah, I'll come follow you, but let me say goodbye to my sons and I will come. Again, our idea of typically thinking that I just want to say goodbye to my family, isn't there anything wrong with that? This is an individual who wants to say goodbye to his family. This is an individual who is, wants to follow Jesus, but he looks and he says, you know, look at all the things that I'm giving up. Let me say goodbye. I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to follow this. I'm not really wanting to do I want to do this, but look what I'm giving up. And yeah, this is, I'm half, kind of half, I'm half committed to it. Jesus says, no, anyone who places his hand on the plow and starts looking backward, they're, they're, they're not of any use for the kingdom of God. I want true dedication. I want true discipleship. I want you to allow me to discipline you, to shape you. And disciplining is a word that we throw around like 
It's time to get disciplined. All right, we're going to get spanked. We're going to be in trouble. That's not what disciplining is. Disciplining is very much like when you join the military. When you become a member of the military, you are disciplined. You start off. Uh, I remember when I joined the military, I got off the bus and we all had our, you know, our bags and and our hairs. Our hair was long and we get there and the next thing we know, we are shaped into people. We are in a different world. We're yelled at, screamed at, our heads are shaved, all our stuff is taken. We're again yelled at, screamed, we're moved from one place to the next. And from just a split moment for the next four years, our life was changed into a different way of living. That's the disciplining. We're being disciplined. We're we're having the discipline to follow things. We'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. We were disciplined to get up at 4.30 in the morning. If you discipline yourself, again, self-discipline means you discipline yourself to do something that maybe our spirits are not willing to do. Now, some people would say that's working your salvation. Well, you can call it what you want to. It's called disciplining ourselves, and that is part of the discipleship process. That's the root word, discipleship, disciplining I remember going to a church one time and the preacher was, yeah, we have like this eight or 10 week discipleship program. And then after that, you're a disciple. It's like, you know, at first I thought, yeah, that sounded good. And the more I started thinking about it, well, isn't discipleship an entire lifelong process? But if we turn everything into a program, then we miss the aspects of what discipleship really is all about. Jesus saying, if you want to put your hand on the plow and look backward, this is not for you. This discipleship, being a follower of mine, don't even bother fit with it because you're not fit for use in the kingdom of God. If you plow a field, in fact, I know most of us are not going to plow a field. Maybe some do, but many of us will cut grass. When you cut grass, what do you do? You typically will line the front line of that lawnmower to where you've already cut. So you cut straight lines. You don't look backwards to see where you've cut, do you? No. You don't look back and say, wow, I missed that. No, you look forward to where it's going to be because you're trying to make it something that it should be. And that is the way it is with our discipling, our disciplining, our discipleship process. We do not put our hand on the plow and look and say, hey, you know what? I want to keep going back to the things in the past. Jesus says, no, this is not anything for you. You do not want anything to do with the kingdom of God if this is what it is because you will fail. It's about giving our desires to God. Discipleship is, is that process of becoming like our master, becoming like Jesus. And there are people who go through master, who, who are all through history, we learn from people. And those people ought to be people that are not filling us with head knowledge, but spiritual knowledge and teaching us. And Jesus will use other people to teach us. And of course, he is our ultimate master that we follow, but there are people that will come into our lives that'll shape us. I mean, we all have someone that we look up to and say, hey, I want to learn from this individual and I want to be like this individual. In fact, what what does Paul tell Timothy, I believe it is, is be like me as an I imitator, as I imitate Christ, be, be like me. And so he's telling the reader to become like me. Now, does that mean, no, you're, you're, now you're asking me to become like Paul because aren't you supposed to become like Jesus? Well, yes, but if Paul's imitating Jesus, we need to find someone in our life that is imitating Jesus and become like that person or imitate them, I should say, so we can become ultimate like our master. But we need to be careful that we don't follow this person and say that, yes, this person here, we want to become like that because then we become a disciple of that individual and we lose track 
of who that person is, which is just flesh and blood, but not having our focus on the real master, which is Jesus. And that's what we want to be. We want to be like Jesus. We want to follow him. We want to follow his ways. We want to learn from him and be like him. So which disciple are we? Let's ask this question to you right now, and let's all just ask ourselves, what kind of being are we? Are we the person who says, yeah, follow, Jesus, I'll follow you, wherever you go. And we make this real quick commitment and without realizing the cost that's involved in it. Jesus said, there's a cost in all this. Or are we going to be that person that says, yeah, uh, God, let me let me go follow, uh, uh, let, me go, let me go take care of affairs at home and kind of get everything settled down when things are okay and I'm ready to make that commitment, then I'll come make, make that commitment. Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. Or are we the next one where, you know, we are going to want to do it, but we sure like that lifestyle in the world. We like that worldly lifestyle. Yeah, we're willing to give up things. Yes, we'll get up in the morning and we'll go to church. Yes, we'll say prayers. Yes, we'll... We'll maybe give up something for Lent, you know, uh, give up ice cream or something. And there you go. We've done that. We're willing to do those things. Jesus says, no, I want you to give up this life. I want you to go live in another realm, another plane, another state of existence. But living in that state of existence means you've got to give up everything you think or you ever thought was important to you. You've got to give that up. It's not important anymore. Remember the last podcast we talked about, if you don't hate your brother, your sister, your wife, your family, your children, everything, and become, you cannot be a disciple of me. What's Jesus saying? Not to go hate your family. But if you're not willing to give those things up, you cannot be my disciple. It's impossible. It's that mindset. What are we willing to give up? Are we willing to give up everything? You know, we say we're willing to give up everything, but when it comes down to it, are we really willing to give up everything? That's a hard call. Are we willing to pick up that cross? It's, the cross is a difficult thing to carry. That means sacrifice. It's ultimate sacrifice. It's ultimate death. We may not do that physically in our physical sense, but we are going to do it in a spiritual sense. If we're giving up something in our life, if we have not given up something in our life, when we became a disciple of Jesus, we need to really seriously consider if we're really following Jesus or we're following this concept, this idea of a Jesus who is a really nice teacher who had good moral things. And yes, he's the son of God. And we go to church and we sing our hymns out of our hymnals and we say the right things, but we really haven't given up anything or what we've given up are things that eh, we're willing to give them up anyways. Yeah, I'll give up smoking. I have to quit smoking anyways. My doctor told me to quit smoking, right? I don't smoke, okay. But is that our attitude? That's not a sacrifice. We're really not sacrificing anything from the spiritual sense. We want to really investigate this discipleship process. So what kind of are we, disciple are we? Are we one that, and, and again, it's a process. Don't misunderstand me. It's a process. When you're first starting up, you're starting to learn. You, you, you learn and you find out, say, yes, I'm willing to do that. Yeah, I'm willing to do that. And, ooh, this is a little bit more difficult. We've got to, to you know, really make that change. N- notice here that Jesus didn't reject these people. He just says, you know, no one who places his hand on the plow looks back as useful to the kingdom of God. He's forcing them to think this through. They can still come follow him. He didn't say, no, you do this. No, I don't want you. No, it's like, if you're going to make this decision, there's going to come a point in your life in which you are going to to determine what you really want. Just like the first one. I'll come follow you everywhere you go. 
hey, you can come follow me, but foxes have holes and birds have nests. I don't even have a place to lay my head. You know, you still want to follow me? If you want to follow me, fine. And a lot of people did. In fact, if you go look at some of the scriptures in the past where these crowds followed Jesus and some of them left him, they didn't want anything to do with him afterwards. Large groups did. These are the type of disciples here that we read about. These are the ones that said, yes, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll follow you and, and you're a great teacher. But when you really ask me to sacrifice and live differently, uh, wait a minute here. This is not what I bargained for. This is nothing that I really want to do very much. This is too difficult. This is, well, that's exactly what we are and who we have become if we are not serious in our commitment. Again, a lot of these people back then were... Yeah, you can come follow me. The dead bury their dead. But when it really gets down to it, you're going to want to go back and you'll leave. And you know what? Jesus lets them leave. So anybody can start. Anybody can go. Anybody can, you know, anybody can be called to do it. But are you really chosen to continue doing it? That's really where it comes down to. And I'm afraid that many of us in the church, in the collection, the, the, saint, the, the body of Christ, we don't understand that. And I'm not telling you that I'm an expert on this. Please do not misunderstand me. But I will tell you that this is dawning on me when I see the problems in, in the church, this organized bureaucracy we call the church, where there is no discipleship in anything. And much of the teaching we have is so is so weak. It doesn't demand anything of us. There's no spiritual fruit to bear. There's nothing that's demanded of us except showing up. That is not what Christianity is. And and frankly, it bothers me. It bothers me. And again, I shouldn't be bothered with it because it is God's kingdom. It's not my kingdom, right? It's God's kingdom. He takes care of it how he, he wants to. But at the same time, we are called to say, hey, we need to become better followers of Jesus. That includes myself. So, Again, what kind of disciple are we? Thanks for joining us in this podcast. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, join in. would love for you to be part of it. Uh, if you have not subscribed, do this. Share this with your friends. Check out our Twitter page. And we are going to be, again, on what we call the Wisdom app. This Wisdom app is an app in which you are going to be able to interact in real time, and we can have discussions back and forth. Uh, check it out. It's on iOS. It's on iPhone. Uh, it's an app. You can sign in and just look under uh, my name, Mark Shepard, Simply Christ, and we will have discussions back and forth. And uh, again, it's kind of like a live radio. It's kind of like live podcasting, and a lot of these podcasts will be on there as well. But if you want to interact, we will have times where we interact. Again, God bless you, and Uh, May you just continue to live in the peace and the love of Christ and be his example in a world that needs it. God bless. We'll talk with you on the next podcast.